Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of the Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Hey there. Oh, my Lord. Life is good. (laughs) And I'm so happy to share that goodness with you. Thank you for joining me. I love that we transcend time and space together in this radio broadcast. People, thousands of people all over the world listening, transcending time and space, opening our hearts and minds together. Thank you for being part of the blessings in my life. I love and appreciate you. Let us pray. So we take this breath of love and gratitude, so deeply grateful and thankful that love is all that we are. Love is all that there is. There is no other power, just the power of love anchored in our heart, in our mind, pre-installed, and we're activating it right here and right now, consciously attuning and partnering up with the higher Holy Spirit Self. We are grateful and thankful to allow ourselves to remember and recognize that our holiness is complete. We cannot become any more holy than we already are. We're as holy as holy can be, and we're sharing our holiness with everyone because we're one with them. We're seeing the holiness in others because that is our salvation. We are grateful and thankful to walk this beauty road together. In gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Yes, pain and sacrifice be gone. We are willing to let it dissolve and resolve forever. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so let's see. First, I'm just going to make a couple of quick announcements um, uh, because I'm just so excited about them. I did a uh, free class last week called Unblock the Flow of Your Time, Energy, and Money, and it was so good. You know, sometimes I feel that Holy Spirit's connection so just perfectly and beautifully and feels so yummy and uh, that was certainly going on in that class many people have written to tell me that they appreciated it so please go grab it while it's free at jenniferhadley.com unblock your flow of time energy and money and um the other thing that uh, other two things you might like to know is I'm doing a New Year's reboot retreat in North Carolina at the very end of this year, start of 2017. Last weekend, first weekend, there's a crossover there, and you can join me in that. If you can't join me live for the retreat, I will be doing my New Year's reboot class on January 1st, and that New Year's Reboot class is a bonus for anyone who's enrolled in Masterful Living, my year-long course, which starts on January 1st. So I just wanted to get those out of the way, because sometimes I forget to tell folks what's going on. And uh, Holy Spirit pointed me to Chapter 15 
in the text. And it's section 11, chapter 15, section 11. And it's my page 327. And it's entitled Christmas as the End of Sacrifice. Christmas is the End of Sacrifice. I love this. Let's join together and hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Fear not to recognize the whole idea of sacrifice as solely of your making. And seek not safety by attempting to protect yourself from where it is not. Okay? So, the idea of sacrifice... It's such an interesting thing, the idea of sacrifice. Uh, one of the things I know for myself is that for a very long time, I <clears throat> found myself drawn to activities that were certainly coming from a place of martyrdom and sacrifice, that somehow sacrifice was good. Sacrifice made me virtuous. Being a martyr made me virtuous. Isn't that a strong thought in the human mind? And um, it definitely, I can see little bitty um, remnants of that thought pattern at Christmas time because uh, I came back from Asia. I'm staying with my beautiful brother and his wife and um, their their family and uh, we're zooming up to Christmas it's just a few days away now and I can see when I'm with my family that sometimes there are thoughts that will come in about me making some choice that feels like a sacrifice and a sense of oh this old pattern where I would make the sacrifice could be any number of things. Could be that um, I won't even say what I'd like to have for dinner so that other people can say, I'm going to sacrifice my choices, my preferences, in order that other people can have what they would like. Because I have no attachment. I'm willing to sacrifice I can remember having thoughts about uh, sacrificing um, just all, all manner of things. I'm, I'm trying to remember some of them now, a sacrifice where I would do things that I thought I don't really want to do, like, oh, I'll go run these errands for you to be helpful to you. Oh, I will... Um, cook and do these things clean in order to be helpful to you and and martyring myself making a sacrifice of my time and energy making a sacrifice doing things i don't really want to do that's how i used to think about it and then as i truly began to let these patterns go and uh, as you might have heard me say many times, uh, to let the patterns of lack, attack, limitation, and separation go. To let these negative patterns and beliefs, known and unknown, felt and not felt, recognized, unrecognized, seen and not seen, to allow them to dissolve and resolve permanently back to the root cause. The more I began to focus intently on that and to eliminate the causes of suffering in my mind, I saw that this notion of sacrifice was a complete sham. In other words, it was a complete insanity, crazy, or as my niece would say, cray-cray 
total cray cray. And Jeff's laughing. Jeff's my engineer. Yeah. That's what I, sometimes I hear the voice of the Holy Spirit literally is the voice of my beautiful young niece, um, who says, oh, that's cray, cray, cray. Um, and certainly the ego is the ultimate perpetrator of all the cray, cray there ever was or will be. <laughs> and it is the craziest notion in the world. I wrote about this in my daily spiritual espresso today. It's the craziest notion in the world that we would have to sacrifice anything, anything at all. There's just no need for us to sacrifice because, first of all, there's not even a sacrifice. It is completely a delusion to even think that there's a sacrifice. So if you think of the crucifixion, there was no sacrifice there. No way. There's there's no sacrifice anywhere, anytime. It's completely a made-up pattern of the ego. And as the Course says here, that the whole idea of sacrifice is solely your making, right? And honestly, I'll say, you know, it was the ego's making, it was that belief in separation that created it, so, or made it. And uh, here's the thing about sacrifice. Let's say, oh, I had this plan today to do something fun and enjoyable or to do things for myself, and then... Someone I love wants to know if I can uh, help them or I can see they could use some help. They they need help cooking, cleaning, running errands, caring for their children, whatever it is, right? And I say, oh, I'm going to sacrifice my personal happiness and what I enjoy and martyr myself because I love these people. I'd like to demonstrate my love for them by doing something I don't really want to do. Now, here's the cray-cray in that. It's when we say that, we are completely forgetting that we have free will and actually, in point of fact, the real truth is, that's what we'd like to do. That's why we're choosing it. The appeal of doing something for others is what we're responding to. It could be totally from the ego, thinking that we don't really wish to do it. So here's how I help to dissolve this sacrifice pattern. And I know Holy Spirit's pointing me to this because we got the holidays coming up, Hanukkah, Christmas, all this, you know, just footsteps away, seconds away practically, and uh, all this time with family, when those martyrdom, sacrifice, resentment, guilt patterns come up for healing. Let's make the most of the healing opportunity that we have here and identify this cray-cray pattern of sacrifice. So, What I did was I started to notice the pattern of sacrifice, which of course I was already aware of, but I started to really put my, my awareness, my attention on it because I realized every time I give in to the idea of martyrdom or sacrifice, I am re-identifying or re-upping my identification with the ego, which is only going to lead to my suffering. Nightmare, nightmare, 
before Christmas, during Christmas, and after Christmas. So, <laughs> um, here's what I would feel, what I would realize. So I think, oh, I could help out these people, family, friends, whatever, whoever they were in my life. I could do these things. I don't really want to do them. I, I would rather go to the movies or read a book or take a bath or get a massage or just whatever and um, do something for myself. But I'm going to do this for them so that, A, I'll feel better about myself. I'll get some validation. Oh, look at what a good person Jennifer is. She's so helpful, always helping other people, always volunteering, so selfless. Oh, gosh, she's such a good, good person. So when I would move towards martyrdom and sacrifice thinking, I would... Have, I would tick that box of getting the ego validation. I'm such a good person. People are going to see it. People are going to recognize it. And even if they don't officially uh, recognize it and appreciate me for it and pat me on the head and give me a gold star and a, a badge for it, um, I'll know what a good person I am. It will really help me to overcome or or forget about what a bad person I think I am or uh, my worries about am I evil, am I essentially fundamentally not good. It will help me to um, assuage those ego uh, thoughts of not good, bad person. If I do these good things for these people, I'll get all those points towards my goodness quotient. So there's that. And then, of course, I, this was not me so much, but I know it is for other people. They will do things for other people so that other people will like them and be their friend, uh, want to have them over. So that's, of course, codependency 101. I will do things for you if you do things for me. I will clean your house if you are my friend. I will take care of your kids if you will take care of my kids. Uh, but if it's, it's, um, I mean, yes, people make those agreements, but there's a difference between having a really loving, supportive agreement and um, feeling like, oh, you owe me now. You, Where's my stuff? I'm doing this for you, so you've got to do these things for me. And um, a lot of this stuff gets triggered at the holidays, doesn't it? So we've got uh, sometimes family members, and sometimes it's us, people in the family who are giving to get. So uh, I'm giving you these presents so that you will give me those presents. And our exchange of presents is symbolic of our love and connection for each other. When in truth, the love and connection, it's not there so much. And uh, we're really just trying to have some symbolism and pretend, oh, this is what love is. Love is exchanging gifts. Love is doing errands for the other person and helping them out. Love is not any of those things. And I say that as someone who my number one way of feeling loved is acts of service. When people uh, 
do acts of service for me. It just feels so loving to me. When people say nice things about me, it's like, that's nice, but it doesn't feel like love. What feels like love is um, we spend time together, we um, enjoy each other's company, and we help each other out from a loving space, not from a scorekeeping space. No attachments. That feels like love. Like um, today, my brother was running an errand, and he said, I'm going to run this errand to this place. Do you need anything from there? And I did. So that was an act of service that was helpful to me, and I felt loved because I knew he was doing it without any... um, Attachment to know, I'll do this for you if you do that for me. <coughs> Take a sip here of my spiritual espresso. So, this pattern of sacrifice also plays into this idea when it goes all the way to martyrdom, is really. Um, It's uh, such a gnarly thing. My grandmother had that uh, martyrdom thing. She, When she was a child, um, there were some really tough times in her family where, um, in many ways, you could say that she sacrificed uh, the innocence of her childhood to um, help manage and care for stuff that was really unhealthy going on in the family. She had two younger brothers, an alcoholic father, etc., etc. And she didn't get a choice in that sacrifice. You know, that was thrust upon her. Um, But it taught her something about this feeling that she had to sacrifice her happiness, her innocence, her whatever, for other people to have life, for other people to have happiness. And in fact, she did almost die uh, during the pregnancy with my mother. In fact, um, they told her not to get pregnant uh, because they said it will kill you. You do not have the constitution to have a baby. But she was determined to have a child, and um, she... It did almost kill her. Um, it's You can see the echoes of this belief in martyrdom in that experience that she had. And there were many times um, in my life where my grandmother, she's not with us anymore, um, in form. Of course, she's with us in spirit. And uh, I love her very dearly. And um, I feel her love around me. And in me and uh but she would try to manipulate me when i was younger with saying that she was sacrificing things for me and i can remember when i became more conscious of what she was doing in the way she was trying to manipulate me i would say to her don't do it then i don't want your sacrifice don't you know don't do it it's not it's not a price i want to pay to feel guilty, like, now I owe you, not not worth it, don't do it, don't need that stuff, don't want that. Um, I, I have, uh, as part of the impetus of my spirit, this uh, strong uh, 
understanding of spiritual sovereignty for all beings, that controlling and manipulating people is um, a huge cause of suffering in our hearts and minds. So you can see how, I hope you can see how these sacrifice patterns play out in your own mind and in your family. So here's what I did that was so healing for me was I just stopped doing things I didn't wish to do. And, of course, we could say, like, um, well, I don't really wish to do the dishes, right? So uh, yesterday afternoon, I did all the dishes in the house. I emptied the dishwasher, and I did all those dishes and was doing the dishes as my brother was preparing dinner so that there would be very few dishes after dinner. And I was going to go off and teach a class after dinner, so I wouldn't be around to help clean up after dinner. So I was just doing my own dishes and everybody else's right before dinner. Did it feel like a sacrifice? No. Do I like doing dishes? I do not. However, I like being of service. I like having a clean kitchen. And I like um, being able to chat with my brother while he's cooking dinner and have that connection with him. And um, to I like the cooking of dinner and the family, the setting of the table. And, uh, you know, um, like the kids will prepare the drinks and set the table and just those different aspects of it uh, that the animals get fed to. I, I like all that familial connection thing. It doesn't feel like a burden to me. It feels like uh, we're in a flow of love. And so while I don't like doing the dishes, I don't like unpacking the dishwasher and putting away the clean dishes, I like the flow of love. So the healing of this sacrifice idea in my mind was I just gave up the cray-cray idea that, Jeff's laughing again, (laughs) that I don't want to do these things. Because the fact of the matter is I do wish to do them. No one is making me do them. And even, you know, I can think of times with animals and children in my life and, you know, even friends or lovers at times, you know, where things are messy. You know, someone's got diarrhea, someone's got vomiting, someone's got stuff that's messy and stinky and nobody wants to clean up, you know, dog vomit or anything like that nobody is like woohoo i love doing that but if we think oh i'm gonna do it i'm always the one that spots it and then nobody else is cleaning up if we're thinking that way we're making ourselves miserable is we're in that mind of sacrifice that thought of sacrifice is always tied so tightly to the idea of lack and limitation and here's the thing People who are struggling with abundance and prosperity, it's all about your focus is on lack and limitation. And what people don't often see is that this thought of just why am I the only one that sees the dog vomit? I'm always, you know, I'm the first one up, so I'm the one that sees it, you know, or, and, and so then I'm the one that has to clean it up and this is not how I like it to be. Well, 
you can completely let go of that thought. So part of it is, it's, you can call it a practice of forgiveness, but I think it's, it's healthier and more helpful to us to call it, well, maybe not healthier, but it's more helpful to us to call it a practice of non-judgment. I don't know what anything is for, but I can say that everything in my life works together for good. There are no exceptions, including the cat vomit. <laughs> dog poop and um the the opportunity is can i take care of this mess without being bothered can i be unbotherable and one of the new year's uh intentions i held for myself maybe i don't know 15 years ago maybe longer back in the 90s i said from this point forward I'm going to be unbotherable. This is my goal, to be unbotherable in my mind, that I am not making interpretations and meanings of things and having opinions and judgments of them. I am going to be undisturbable. Now, have I reached complete unbotherableness? No. I still allow myself to be bothered by things at times, right? And... um and I, I won't say that there might be a time when, oh, there's the cat vomit. And I might go, Ugh. you know, have that momentary Ugh, feeling about it. But I don't have to allow my energy field to become distressed and inflamed. So this is the thing. Forgiveness, non-judgment, is the ultimate anti-inflammatory. It's the ultimate. And so my invitation to you, as we're getting ready to go into the break here, my invitation to you is to contemplate where are you feeling like a martyr? Where are you feeling that you are making a sacrifice? Where are you thinking that people owe you? You're keeping score and you're giving to get because that is going to A, diminish your well-being, B, diminish your flow of prosperity, totally take you out of the flow of love because the flow of love has no score. It's just all love all the time. And... um it's it's going to cause emotional, mental, and physical upset to energize all that stuff. And just, you know, ain't nobody got time for that. We, we, we have other things that are so beautiful for us to put our attention on. So let's, let's put our attention on the beauty of the Christ and seeing it in ourselves and each other. Why be distracted by these crazy old patterns anymore? We can give it all to the Holy Spirit and just say, hey, all this martyrdom, sacrifice stuff, I think I'm complete with it. So anytime it comes up, help me recognize this irritation that I'm feeling now, this upset that I'm feeling now, this movement towards martyrdom that I'm feeling now. This is my opportunity for healing. Every upset is an opportunity for healing, and let's not miss another one and think that it's for something else. Whew! So good. All right. So, um, yeah, go go to jenniferhadley.com and get that Unblock the Flow of Time, Energy, and Money free class while I'm on the break. You're listening to Jennifer Hadley. We're on online Unity Radio. 
Course in Miracles. We're living the love, we're walking the talk, and don't you know, I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. Yes, yes, yes. So we're talking about needless sacrifice, the end of sacrifice, and Christmas as the end of sacrifice. It's chapter 15, section 11, page 327. Fear not to recognize the whole idea of sacrifice as solely of your making, and seek not safety by attempting to protect yourself from where it is not. There is no sacrifice. So we don't have to protect ourselves against sacrifice. There's no sacrifice. It's just a delusion. It says your brothers and your father have become very fearful to you. And you would bargain with them for a few special relationships in which you think you see some scraps of safety. Do not try longer to keep apart your thoughts and the thought that has been given you. When they are brought together and perceived where they are, the choice between them is nothing more than a gentle awakening and as simple as opening your eyes to daylight when you have no more need of sleep. So, in our thinking that we're sacrificing in our relationship, we're so really consciously intensifying that sense of special relationship, the needing, the wanting, the craving, which is born of the belief of not having. So what it's saying here is to recognize you have everything. It's been given to you. The Christ is planted in you. It's your true nature. You are the treasure of God. You don't have to make any sacrifices to get love or appreciation or recognition or validation. That's insanity because you cannot become any more holy than you are. Our only job is to recognize our holiness and the holiness of our brothers and sisters. And so I love what it says here. The sign of Christmas is a star, a light in darkness. See it not outside yourself, but shining in the heaven within. And accept it as the sign the time of Christ has come. So, see that light shining from within, and the Christ has come. And you know what? A lot of times we we read these things, we ponder these things, and we think, I don't even know what that means. How do I see the light within? How do I see the Christ within? I just don't know. So here's what I've learned that really serves me, is I say to the Holy Spirit, show me. Show it to me. Help me to see it. I am completely willing to know it and see it. Show it to me. So it says, the time of Christ has come. 
He comes demanding nothing. No sacrifice of any kind, of anyone, is asked by him. In his presence, the whole idea of sacrifice loses all meaning, for he is host to God. So he's calling Christ he here. Christ, the Christ presence, the Christ light, our true nature, as a son of God. It just, what can I say? Course of Miracles uses this um, gender-specific language, and it's explained because it's to appeal to a Christian audience who has grown up with the distorted teachings of Jesus, uh, uh, you know, distorted into separation teachings in uh, the Christian church. So, Bringing it back to, uh, bringing the Christians back to the true teachings of Jesus is part of what A Course in Miracles is for. So for me, I have to say that when I first started reading A Course in Miracles, I remember thinking, what's all this son of God? What's all this he stuff, the father stuff? What? Uh, and then I, because I asked the question, Spirit said, it's, for those who find it comforting, and if you don't, just don't pay any attention to it. So that's how I work with it in my mind. I just don't pay any attention to it. I'm not going to let myself be bothered uh, by the language. It serves a purpose. I may not completely understand it, but that's okay. I'm, I'm okay with that. So... All we need to do is invite the Christ in who is there already. So Christ is already here. It's already pre-installed. <laughs> I love that. By recognizing that Christ's host is one, with a capital O, and no thought alien to Christ, Christ's oneness can abide with Christ there. So this is the thing, is we're opening to an awareness of Christ is in the oneness. So are we. We are the oneness. We are the Christ. There is no separation. And it says, Love must be total to give Christ welcome. For the presence of holiness creates the holiness that surrounds it. No fear can touch the host who cradles God in the time of Christ, for the host is as holy as the perfect innocence which he protects and whose power protects him. So, Christmas as the end of sacrifice, remembering the Christ light is within and that this is the thing that makes us so holy, that the Christ is already pre-installed within. And it is our innocence, it is our perfection, and it is our power. And it's undamageable, it's unbreakable, it's unhurtable, it's consistent and constant. It is eternal and infinite. It says, this Christmas, give the Holy Spirit everything that would hurt you. Love that. I love that. This Christmas, give the Holy Spirit everything that would hurt you. Now, here's, there's going to be, uh, you know, various ways to do that. So anytime you feel bothered, 
even slight agitation. Give the Holy Spirit everything that would hurt you. Say, Holy Spirit, here's a gift for you. I'm willing to give up whatever the cause of this feeling bothered is. Whatever the agitation is, this is my healing opportunity. I will not miss another one. Take this from me. I offer it to you for healing. I'm so grateful and thankful to let it go. No more am I going to treasure the upsets and the causes of upset. I give them all to you for healing. Thank you for my healing. This Christmas, give the Holy Spirit everything that would hurt you, everything that would bother you, everything that would annoy you or destroy you. Give it to the Holy Spirit. So the pattern, no matter how intense it is, no matter how much you get triggered, give it to the Holy Spirit. That's the Christmas gift that you can give not just to yourself, but to everyone, because all minds are joined. Let yourself be healed completely that you may join with the Holy Spirit in healing. And let us celebrate our release together by releasing everyone with us. Leave nothing behind, for release is total. And when you have accepted it with me, you will give it with me. See, that's it. All When we accept the Christ light is our light, that our perfection is total, our holiness is maximal, our innocence is undiminishable, then we can share that with everyone. Then we can be of service to Jesus, our brother. It says, All pain and sacrifice and littleness will disappear in our relationship, which is as innocent as our relationship with our Father and as powerful. So this is where Jesus is inviting us once again to have a real relationship with him. To have a real relationship. Yes. It says... It says, pain will be brought to us and disappear in our presence. So people, when we're standing with the Christ light within, standing with Jesus, then people will bring their pain. It will be brought to us and disappear in our presence. And without pain, there can be no sacrifice. And without sacrifice, their love must be. You who believe that sacrifice is love must learn that sacrifice is separation from love. For sacrifice brings guilt as surely as love brings peace. Guilt is the condition of sacrifice as peace is the condition for the awareness of your relationship with God. Through guilt, you exclude your father and your brothers from yourself. Through peace, you invite them back. So this is one of the things, right? Don't we make sacrifices or, you know, delusional belief in sacrifices? Oh, you know, I'm going to do this for them even though I don't really want to. Uh, or I'm going to sacrifice, you know, my pleasure and my comfort to help them. Um, and then they'll owe me. My score will be higher than their score. When we have these thoughts, 
aren't we in some way often hoping secretly, the ego mind, hoping that others will feel guilty, a little bit guilty, for accepting our sacrifices and now they owe us because they're a little bit guilty. <laughs> it's um, actually the amount of pain and suffering that's created from that is uh, what is referred to in uh, when people talk about Catholic guilt, Jewish guilt. Uh, it's often this, you know, people have sacrificed for me and now I owe them, so I should be good, I should be this, I should be that. And then whenever we've got all that shooting going on, the rebellious ego, which is doing all the shooting, is going to want to break free of all the shooting and go, no, no, I'm just not that good. Oh, no, I'm, I'm going to do what I want. Oh, no, I'm going to make them feel guilty. Ah. So we feel guilty uh, for... Uh, trying to make others feel guilty, and it just is this crazy cycle of pain and suffering. And of course it's going to translate to our emotional body, our mental body, our physical body. It's it's the height of insanity, separation thinking. It says, through your peace you invite them back, realizing they are where your invitation bids them to be. So we're realizing that everyone's already as holy as holy can be. It says, What you exclude from yourself seems fearful, for you endow it with fear and try to cast it out, though it is part of you. So when we exclude the idea that the the Christ is within us, then it becomes fearful to us even though it's part of our very nature, it is our very essence. It says, who can perceive part of himself as loathsome and live within himself in peace? So when we go into this sacrifice thinking, this martyr thinking, then we set up these guilt patterns and scorekeeping patterns, and then it's always going to lead to us feeling very unspiritual, very unloving, very manipulative and controlling. And we'll judge ourselves for that. And we'll judge the others for not recognizing the the um, painful gifts we're giving them. And they may or may not be rejecting. And it creates this absolutely um, huge display uh, that is so distracting. It just, it's so distracting. It's so debilitating. And what does it do? It takes up a lot of time and energy and often even money. And so there's the blocks to time, energy, and money. Absolutely. Yes, indeed. Um, if you're really interested in learning more about sacrifice, um, there is a chapter in the Manual for Teachers, is chapter 13, which is my page 33, what is the real meaning of sacrifice? And it says in this, it takes great learning both to realize and accept the fact that the world has nothing to give. What can the sacrifice of nothing mean? So, nothing in this world means anything. So, what 
What is the sacrifice? That it's all delusion. There is no sacrifice. So the minute you feel yourself pulled to the sacrifice, the, the martyrdom, just invoke the Holy Spirit. Call the angels to stand around you and help you to dissolve and resolve permanently that pattern. It is one of the most insidious and painful and debilitating and limiting, limiting and density patterns that there is it's right i mean it's right up there next to shame as a pattern of deep despair and density sacrifice there is no sacrifice so it says back in uh, on page 327 in the text christmas is the end of sacrifice you who believe that sacrifice is love must learn that sacrifice is separation from love for sacrifice brings guilt as surely as love brings peace guilt is the condition of sacrifice as peace is the condition for the awareness of your relationship with god so when we're choosing sacrifice and the guilt and all of that then we are not choosing peace. And without peace, our awareness of our relationship with God is not possible. It says, through guilt, you exclude your father and your brothers from yourself. Through peace, you invite them back. Now, it says a little bit uh, um, further on here. As long as you perceive the body as your reality, so long will you perceive yourself as lonely and deprived. And so long will you also perceive yourself as a victim of sacrifice, justified in sacrificing others. For who could thrust heaven and its creator aside without a sense of sacrifice and loss? And who could suffer sacrifice and loss without attempting to restore himself yet how could you accomplish this yourself when the basis of your attempts is the belief in the reality of deprivation deprivation breeds attack being the belief that attack is justified and as long as you would retain the deprivation attack becomes salvation and sacrifice becomes love so a little bit later it says this is the time in which a new year will soon be born from the time of christ i have perfect faith in you to do all that you would accomplish nothing will be lacking and you will make complete and not destroy say then to your brother i give you to the holy spirit as part of myself i know that you will be released unless i want to use you to imprison myself in the name of my freedom i choose your release because i recognize that we will be released together so will the year begin in joy and freedom <laughs> it says there is much to do and we have long been delayed except the holy instant as this year is born and take your place so long left unfulfilled in the great awakening make this year different by making it all the same and yet 
and let all your relationships be made holy for you. This is our will. Amen. 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 So beautiful. The lesson I was born to teach. Right? This is what it says to us. This is the lesson we're born to teach. The end of sacrifice. There is no deprivation. Everything has been given to to us. Heaven and the fullness thereof. Let us claim it. As long as we believe in deprivation and sacrifice, we will feel the lack and attack and limitation. We do it to ourselves. No one can do it to us. And we don't have to free ourselves. Woohoo! We do not have to free ourselves. The Holy Spirit will free us. All we have to do is be willing. That willingness is our freedom choice. So as many people will be spending time with uh, their family or feeling like, oh, they're deprived and sacrificing because they're not spending time with their family. It's the time of the giving the insanity to the light for healing. And this is where we are healing ourselves. Every upset is an opportunity for healing. Let's not miss any more opportunities for healing. Let's choose our healing now. Grateful. Thankful. Oh, yes. And let's see. Reminder, unblock the flow of your time, energy, and money. That free class is available right now at jenniferhadley.com. And uh, you can look on the events page. I think it might be on the homepage at jenniferhadley.com. Now, I've been speaking with so many of the people who took Masterful Living with me this year. And every year, I hear much the same thing from different people. They tell me how much their life has improved, that they didn't know they could actually live a miraculous life, and that they have learned the Course in Miracles teachings on a much more intimate uh, level, that they, they're really understanding it, they're getting it, they're living it now. Uh, they see the changes in themselves that are tremendous. They're much happier now. One person said to me the other day that she's now living the life she always wished to live. Uh, so many people are unblocking the flow of love in their life. They're um, stepping into careers they've long dreamed of. People... Uh, People in Masterful Living got married this year. Uh, they fell in love this year. People who were in uh, really difficult relationships either healed that relationship, made great strides toward, towards it, and um, transformed that relationship. It's quite amazing. Uh, people have told me um, just the other day, speaking with someone who had uh, chronic pain for years, completely gone, it just disappeared. No medical intervention whatsoever, just doing the practices, using the tools. So if you would like to walk the talk with me and live the love with me next year, that's what Masterful Living is all about. It's about a step-by-step program and a community to do just exactly this. Registration closes the first day of our class January 9th, we have a bonus class 
for those who are registered on January 1st. It's my New Year's Reboot class. Anyone can take my New Year's Reboot class, but it's free for those in Masterful Living. And just a little something to say, I did a little research. Spirit guided me to look something up that I had never thought of before. I've done Masterful Living seven years. Next year is going to be the eighth year. And um, the, all the people who registered last year are still in the class. Not one of them dropped out. I thought that was interesting. So now is the time to decide what are you going to do next year? Are you going to deepen your practice? Are you going to walk the talk and live the love? Or are you going to think about it later? Are you willing to make that decision and that commitment now to the end of deprivation, the end of sacrifice, the end of suffering? Now is the time to make the decision. It's always the time. Now is always the time. Whenever you're, you can't, wherever you are, whenever you are, now is the time to say, ah, I'm making that decision now, given the heavy lifting to the Holy Spirit. And don't forget, we're transcribing the radio shows. If you'd like, have a particular episode you'd like us to transcribe, shoot us an email, admin at jenniferhadley.com. Let us know what it is. and We'll put it at the top of the queue. Uh, we've got 50 or 60 transcribed so far, all free for you at livingacourseofmiracles.com under the resources. And... Uh, this is donation-supported, uh, listener-supported radio, uh, all the free classes, the Living Out Course in Miracles classes, all those things that we do, the daily prayer, the inspiration, it's all free for you. And if you'd like to make a year-end contribution or a contribution at any time, we welcome that because your contributions are contributing to the free Course in Miracles app, which is already out there for all Mac devices. And right at the beginning of the year, we're going to have it for Android as well. Yay! Long time coming, finally getting that done. All right, so we take this breath of love and gratitude. We open our hearts and minds to the higher Holy Spirit self, leading us and guiding us out of sacrifice, out of deprivation. We're accepting the fullness of love. Heaven is here. We are grateful and thankful to stand in the light of the Christ. Yes. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone. We let it be, and so it is. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. I love you. Merry Christmas. Mwah.